Dear Shooter, with the new year brings many changes. Several states have instituted new laws, and Wayne LaPierre resigns as head of the NRA. Eleven days in, and it's already time for the five-point harness. It's not about protecting the stupid. It's just, it is what it is. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a self-identifying llama. <laughs> and it, it's, it's because I oh. have a quick temper and I like to spit. You so. are not safe, and you are not sacred, and you're both liars. We're talking about firearms, y'all. I keep it clean. <laughs> I can hide one under there. One what? I don't want to know. I look like I got ran over by a tray paint truck on the way to Sherman Williams, and then backed over by the short bus. You know, let's talk about the modern trends and transsexual transitions. <laughs> Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTech, empowerment through self-reliance, and by Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. Well, and happy Thursday, happy new year, and 2024, we're off to a running start with a new intro for the year, and uh, all kinds of craziness happening in the last week. I got to tell you, 2024 is off to an amazing start. Um, I kicked off the new year watching some dude go for a skinny dip at Bass Pro. Did you all see this? I I did. And... And I, I was, I was, Bank, Michael Bain had posted something about it, and he was like, you know, they need shark tanks and not bass tanks, because that would be entertaining. Well, yeah, it, it was kind of entertaining anyway. I mean, he tried to climb out because he was evading the police, <laughs> and that wall on that tank's 13 feet in the air, and he didn't realize that, so he fell straight to the concrete, wet, naked as a jaybird. They cuffed him and drug him face down 30, 40 feet on that concrete floor. Ow. Chafing. Yeah, it couldn't be comfortable. I bet he can't hide something under there. <laughs> well, it was cold water, so I'm sure shrinkage was real. You can put a high point under that. Ouch. <laughs> Sky. Damn. <laughs> so, uh, Brandy, you were telling me, like you were listing off the, a couple of states that they, they instituted all these new gun laws that went into effect January 1. And the, the the interesting one that you were telling me, we'll, we'll we'll save Chicago for a second, but you were telling me about California's law, and they they banned concealed carry in in all kinds of locations. There was a judge that put an injunction on the law, but then what was it? A circuit court or a district court? Federal. That, it oh, was a federal. Federal court. Okay, overruled the injunction, so it's in effect. That one has already had a circus of up and downs. It's not going to stick. They never do. How many of these have we seen come and go in the last year? Okay, ag- agreed. But a point that you have made, and I, and I think we need to explore this. You were telling me earlier, why, where is GOA, where is NRA suing the feds for ruining people's livelihoods because a lot of these laws affect people's jobs and careers and lives. Well, it just the accountability thing is just driving me absolutely crazy. You've got folks like the ATF, NFA, um, Alphabet Soup, name an agency. They, they make a rule, right, because they don't have a charter to make a law. They're not Congress. 
and but they are empowered to make rules regulatory, right? And these rules that come out, uh, like when they raided Polymer 80, they ruin people's livelihoods. Mm-hmm. They just flat out bankrupt and ruin people. Now, fast forward 18 months. That rule is found unconstitutional. So all of that prosecution and ruining of lives that was done with shady practices of due process, there's got to be an accountability made for that because it's unconstitutional. It's an unjust law. You know what I want to know? Last time they made a silly little law like this, you know, with the ammo, how much ammo you could have. Yeah. They forgot to exclude their law enforcement and their security details. So did they do that this time? Is there law enforcement with no way to get in? You're right, because Colorado did that when they did the magazine capacity cap. Precisely, exactly that. And then since they did that, none of the law enforcement were enforcing the law. No. In fact, the, the, the Sheriff's Association made a statement that they would not enforce it because it was unenforceable. But, I mean, it, this was a law, guys. We're talking about rules that a federal agency makes. I mean, a law, again, it's the same type of thing. There just needs to be some accountability for it. But what I'm talking about is a, a rule that the ATF hands out, whether it's um, a definition of a firearm in a, a polymer not completed lower or a stock on a short-barreled rifle, a pistol brace call it now, so that's a pistol, right? So it classified as a pistol. The serial number is recorded and registered as a pistol. But they made it so if it had the brace on it, now it's an SBR. They're making up the rules of how to define these things because they don't know what else to do. Well, and, and you talk about the, the pistol brace thing, the, the S, the, and that got overturned. It did, just like the polymer 80 thing. So... All of those folks that had their lives ruined, uh, it cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars as a nation to get this thing to come within compliance, right? Those folks that want to obey the law when it's really not a law, um, then it gets made unconstitutional and that lo- that rule goes away. And all the, the agency does is goes, oh, my bad. So sorry. Right. No. In, in, in the meantime, you have ruined people. Correct. I don't think they even got a sorry. Oh, no. They'll never get a sorry from those folks. Oh, no. Um, so that's what I'm asking for. I'd like to see GOA, the NRA, any of the other Second Amendment constitutional organizations take a look at holding these folks accountable for the actions done underneath an unconstitutional law. I think, rule. The, I think the problem with that is, is these rules are being made by unelected bureaucrats that are all members of the SEIU. And looking into the way that union works, because it's a federal workers' union, the president of the United States cannot fire these people. It's that hard. Because their agency doesn't have any constitutional charter outside Title 26. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, you were telling me about Chicago. What did they do? Well, they banned assault rifles. If you have one prior to the date you had until January 1st to register it. So now they're making people register. Again, we've heard that before. So it's an unconstitutional gun registry. Well, we have a government entity collecting information on private citizens based off what they own. This has been proven unconstitutional time and time again. Mm -hmm. Why are we trying it again? I I don't know. Do we have new people in Chicago? I don't pay that much attention to Chicago politics because it's too slimy. 
I have no idea. But you were talking about part of this ban was they were banning specific firearms. Well, it when I listened to one of the stories, it seems to be an AR ban, which to me is not a specific brand. It's AR. Right. Um, High-capacity magazines. They can no longer have more than 10 rounds or 15 in a handgun. We just went through this in Colorado and California. We did. And they can't have any happy switches, something that makes it fire more rapidly. A rapid fire mechanism is what we're talking about. So Jerry Mitchellat's finger. Yep. Got it. So, yeah, he's going to have to register his finger. (laughs) (laughs) I think think Jerry's already... uh, Registered as a machine gun. Yeah, I had to register my finger once, and it was a wholly different thing. <laughs> I don't want to know. No, you don't. <laughs> don't. Okay, so on a happy note, did anybody get any guns or goodies for Christmas? I mean, we've been gone for a couple of weeks, guys. we got to catch everybody up. Just before Christmas, I rebought a pistol. So that was my Christmas gift to me. Okay. Um, what did you rebuy? A Walter. Okay, the the one that got one of them that got stolen when I was in Kansas. Okay, yes. um, and I am currently adapting a plate for the E7 for it. Right. All right. So, stay tuned. That one's going to be fun. <laughs> How about you? Did you get anything? No. Oh, don't give me that. You got whole new winter stuff for hunting. Okay, that's not, you know, the actual fun stuff. That's the stuff to stay warm so I don't kill you. Well, and I apologize because the stuff that I did order you in November just shipped, what I tell you, yesterday. Yeah, so stay <laughs> tuned on that. <laughs> Interesting. So y- you do care for her because you bought her the gift of warmth. I did. Now, it's stylish warmth. This is like Kafaro stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. It is, but is he nice to me or is he nice to him? Because when I'm cold, I get angry. It's a double-edged sword. I, I, if I can kill two birds with one stone. That's just a smart man right there. <laughs> keep you warm, keep you happy. But, I mean, this is lightweight, super warm, technical stuff? Yes. Nice. So you're going to make that weird swishy noise when you walk through the woods? Yes. Not really. Or is it not loud? It, it's not. I was actually really surprised. I'm not quite sure what the material is that they call because I have a full set, too, and I was shocked at how light it was how tight it packed down, but how warm it was. See, these kinds of things I like. I always look at it, but I don't know that I'm, it's worth the hassle to add an insurance writer for the gear because it's expensive. That stuff's not anything it, cheap. It is, but I've got I got some of their other stuff. Uh, I, we both have their Woobies, and I use the hell out of it. And the durability really impressed me because I was... I had all I had on my pants one day, and I jumped off the tractor and hung up on something, and I thought for sure I'd ripped a leg open. Couldn't find a scuff. So that was September second, the day that Jason wears pants. Pretty much. Yeah, okay. you know, pants. That's a thing. He had his pants on that day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> and you hung up on the tractor. I, I did. This, this is, is why, why I don't wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me to it. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> So the other big news, and, and this happened Friday, Wayne LaPierre finally steps down. Oh, thank God. Yes, but we have his minion running it until they get through their interim election. Now, I would welcome anybody to reach out to me and, and let me know how that name is pronounced. I mean, I can pronounce his first name. 
Andrew, but yeah. this Ardrula Laham. Yeah, I, I, I got I, nothing. I butchered that because Ooh. I don't know how to say it. Um, he is the replacement until they actually have an election and go through that process. And when is, are they going to do that in annual meeting or are they lengthening this out because it is a rather high? Well, I will tell you that in the current state of the lawsuit with the state of New York, um, anybody that they put in that position outside this temporary dude is going to be a sacrificial lamb. There's nobody that could weather that storm. Is anyone going to run? Again, I, I can't imagine, but stranger things have happened. Um, the bylaws may say that they have to have um, a certain time of vacancy before they can fill the spot, too. So I don't know. And oddly enough, I, I, I just got an email today from the NRA. It was the uh, NRA renewal statement uh, wanting me to donate as part of my renewal for 2024 so that they can fight for my gun rights. Well, they did that because you told them until Wayne LaPierre stepped down, you weren't giving him any I, more money, and he steps down, and now they're asking. You know what? You're, you're probably exactly right because they're tired of me saying that. I've been saying it for the last five years, and they finally went, hey, Wayne's gone. We'll call him. And I'm on that same list. I got that call today. <laughs> and I gave him money. Did you? Because every time they called for the past, what, half a decade um well at least since indy when oliver north left mm -hmm, me, mm -hmm. um that was what i told him said until wayne's gone you'll get nothing more from me right well damn it wayne's gone so i have to be a man of my word and i gave him money yep i did it yep i guess i'm gonna have to pony him god at the end of the day the, the premise of the organization is still good agreed i think it, there's a lot of folks there that really do want to f fight the good fight I think you're right, and we and we talked about this because I we had a podcast I don't know four or five months ago, and we talked about this, and and we went into this thinking that this was going to be an NRA bashing podcast, and it ended up not. Uh, we really looked at the positive effect of the NRA, and and even in in talks with some of the other guys that we know from some of the other gun organizations, they want the NRA in the fight. Correct. Correct. So. I I think that the lawsuit's going to be very damaging. I think the NRA is going to have its fair share of troubles of rebuilding. Um, but it's a worthy cause. It's a worthy organization. And there is a ton of folks in this country that still believe in the Second Amendment. Oh, agreed. So we need somebody to get behind so we can fight it together. Agreed. Now, GOA does a good job. They do. And I love the fact that there's no compromise. Yes. Um, there's a bunch of other folks out there that really haven't separated themselves from the pack, in my opinion, yet. Mm -hmm. So, really, it's GOA and the NRA. And lately, GOA's taken the forefront. Well, they so, I'm supporting them as well. They've kind of had to. Um, and I'm a life member of both organizations. Uh, have been for a while. My question, when, when I first heard the news about Wayne stepping down, um, knowing all of the stuff that's going on with the lawsuit in New York... Was this him jumping ship before it was too late? Well, it was interesting that he did it's leave. It's been too late. It, for a long time. Yeah. But he did leave on the eve of jury selection. Mm-hmm. And so the way that some of this structure goes, they may be able to subpoena him. They may not. I can't see why they couldn't because he was running it at the time that these allegations came out. But now poking him in the eye does them really no good because it doesn't hurt the organization anymore. 
That's just a, I, 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 I don't know that I can well, agree Secretary with that. Secretary of Defense Hillary Clinton. When the shit hit the fan, she stepped out because they couldn't prosecute her because she was no longer in the job. True. So I don't know if that has a legal basis or not, but that's perception on our side of the fence. Well, there's a lot of things that, that you know, if you want to go down that road, that, that Hillary should have been prosecuted for whether she was in the office or not. And, and that's the whole point of impeachment is you have to impeach the president before you can bring him up on criminal charges. So uh, same thing. If she wasn't in the office, then she loses those office protections from prosecution. But then you got to go after on a personal note, and that's a lot harder when they're doing it on the act of the job. That's a lot harder. I'm sure there's a legal separation there, and I invite the lawyer friends that have listeners out there to chime in because I truly don't know. Well, and I, I'm, I'm sure you're probably right. However, uh, Wayne was not did not hold an office of the United States. He he was running a 501c3, actually 501c4 organization. You know how you can tell he makes more money than the president of the United States. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I I don't know. It it was suspect that he bailed right at jury selection to me. I thought so too. But on that note, we'll just have a drink and pay some bills. Well, I've been to raise my class to you, Wayne, being gone. <laughs> and we can I can do that. Forward in a positive note. The Tenth Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company, based in Vail, Colorado, high up in the Rocky Mountains. Tenth Mountain is a tribute company to the legendary Tenth Mountain Division, maker of fine spirits including bourbon, rye, and vodka as well as being a generous supporter of the shooting sports and veterans charities. Support those that support us, and to make it easier, 10th Mountain is offering our listeners a discount. Just enter Deer Shooter at checkout for 10% off. 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirits Company. Whiskey worth fighting for. Or fighting over, as the case was on our New Year's party. Yeah, there were some folks that kind of got into it and started to appreciate it, and I see that there's a couple less bottles in our bar. Yeah, going to have to get some replacements, I think. We know a dude. It'll be fine. <laughs> it was a night, y'all. <laughs> you guys had the heck of a New Year's Eve party. It went till what? Three. Yeah, we finally went to three, bed at three. Three, three, thirty. Did you go to bed with the people who were still here? or No. No, okay. we right. always sit. And, and so the first year we had it, one neighbor stayed till about that hour. And <laughs> we're like, okay. So that one left. And we're like, we're gold. We're gold. No, my neighbors are taking turns <laughs> on who's going <laughs> to stay and really try to watch the sun come up. Damn. That was a good party. It, it, it was. And... And it was really cool because we, we invited all the neighbors, and and this is something that's becoming a tradition. Everybody comes here for New Year's. And I really like the idea that with our neighbors, we're, we're really becoming a community. Mm-hmm. And everybody is very like-minded. Everybody's kind of, you know, one of the big things was, hey, you know, it's election year. It's This is going to be, we, everybody's kind of bracing for what's going to happen Everybody's a little on edge uh, with everything going on in the world. And then, and then, what was it, New Year's Day, Kim Jong-un comes out and goes, uh, we're abandoning reunification with South Korea. Yeah. Yeah, I think he had a Tourette's moment. He'll come back. <laughs> Happy New Year, y'all. Oh, yeah, I just, North Korea, don't get me wrong. There's something to be watched. 
I just have a hard time respecting the Army's military there that you could defeat with a magnet. Have you seen these guys? March? Yes. They yeah, have they so m- many medals on their chest. Oh, my oh God. they're pinned to their pants. Yeah. It's crazy. So a really large medal, we can collect them all. Yeah, just oh, a man. magnet, just wave it over the country, and their leadership's pretty much sucked up. Now, how many of you have looked at the at the map of of North and South Korea at night? Oh yes, I've seen it. I mean, it's crazy. Pyongyang is lit up. The rest of the country is dark. Yep. It, it like their military starving. Yep. I had friends that then they served in the army. They they were on the wall, and uh, they said it's crazy. You, you you look one way and it's into the abyss of darkness. You turn the other the other way, you need sunglasses. Oh, yeah, because Seoul is an amazing city. Yeah. yeah. But I, just, I don't know. I just have a hard time taking his, you know, saber rattling seriously. Well, and, and, and my favorite, the, the favorite thing I ever heard about South Korea or North Korea is that they're nation-state equivalent of the short bus. Yes. But yet they still keep launching ICBMs that land who knows where. They don't go very far. No. I mean, they got the Acme rockets. <laughs> they're just not that good. So, Okay, so <laughs> Kim Jong-un is the Wiley Coyote. I like it. I wouldn't know about that. I mean, Wiley's got a little bit on the ball. I mean, he is a super genius. He is. Um, but I think he buys his rockets from North Korea. <laughs> is that where the Acme manufacturing yeah, is? Yeah, I think that's about right. <laughs> the thing that bugged me, though, right before the holidays, we watched a couple news stories come across some of the obscure wires. But the mainstream didn't even pick it up. Yep. You've got Russia and China collaborating on exercises in the North Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a problem, y'all. We scrambled jets. Yeah. I mean, nobody talks about this. No. Why? You want my theory? Because I don't know how good it is, but I I think that, I hate to say it, but I think that our federal government as it stands right now, is so far in bed with China, they don't dare do anything to give them a black eye. I guess I can't argue with your theory, but nobody but the obscure wires talked about it. Well, yeah, the the I think the news source that I found was South Korean. Which is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Absolute bizarre. I mean, if these two align and, and go to getting on their high horse, that's a problem. Agreed. Um, and well, and then you've got Iran in the mix too, because they're doing a lot of business with Russia now, and uh, for their a lot of their oil, they've dropped the dollar. They have gone to a commodity-based currency, mm-hmm. and not using the dollar as an international standard is a another big problem for our economy. It is a problem. Um, in fact, I we were talking the other day. We still have uh, a couple hundred dollars in euros left from when we took our trip to Ireland. And I got looking the other day, and the exchange rate is like 20 cents difference from when we got them. Like, I would be 20 cents ahead converting into dollars. Well, that's almost a good thing. It, it is, but it, it, it's scary that the dollar's slipping. Well, you know, that's been slipping for a long time. It's been scary for a long time. The silver lining here is I heard a rumor that this commodity-based currency that they're using for the oil and gas that's not ours, right, um, that they're basing it out of Bitcoin. <laughs> so 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on Bitcoin. It's just I just don't see the security in the currency. No, and especially not after what we saw the the, the cryptocurrencies do, what, a year and a half ago when right. they found out that there was money laundering going on through oh, Ukraine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Hey, welcome to 2024. The <laughs> world is on fire. It's It's been on fire for so long. I, I'm just putting on suntan lotion. I'm not even really running from the flames. <laughs> Well, we decided to start a massive construction project and finally finish the shop. So the finer details are being put on now. It's, it's going to be really nice in here. Well, which kind of plays into a discussion about your New Year's Eve party. Mm-hmm. We sat and we talked with some of your neighbors um, and I exchanged phone numbers with them because they want to be able to have access to somebody that can provide overwatch if they get in trouble. Right. Um that was a topic that was had several times that night it was. about neighborhood warlord. It, yeah, it was. Right? And if you don't bring something to the table, you don't belong here. That's right. Right? So that was a conversation that was had. I don't know how many other folks in the country had that conversation at New Year's, but we did. <laughs> we did. And, it, and it, it was kind of an ongoing conversation all night. And and part of that, too, and, and this is something that, that I've been working on for the last couple of weeks, and I'm getting ready to launch a class. And it is born out of a lot of the consulting work that I've done over the last five or six years. A lot of people are looking at the world and going, hey, I need to be a little bit more prepared. E- you know, even just for the, the mundane things, the, the severe winter storm that knocks out power or, you know, flooding or, or fires or just, you know, just the normal stuff that happens. Forget about any kind of social dislocation or riots or EMPs or the, you know, doomsday prepper stuff. But we're launching this, um, and it's you, you're probably going to see it into April, beginning of May, All right. uh, where it's actually going to be a, a class. Um, it, this is probably going to be the most difficult undertaking I've done as far as uh, course. So you're going to have to focus on the things that it's not an if, it's a when. Yeah. And where do you start in the commonplace to cover that breadth of stuff? So... We call it 10x plus three. All right. Um, and and I I came up with that name because that's the way I designate my my scope settings on a second focal plane scope. All right. Tell so I'm what. you know whatever my magnification is plus what line I'm holding. Right. Yeah, that works. Well, that actually the, works well. The reason it's 10x plus three is because I I have things kind of broken down. And, and this is 50,000-foot view. It becomes more detailed based on the person, um, where they live, how they live, you know, their human experience, right? But you've got 10 categories that you've got to break down. After that, everything else is any of your planning is done in threes, now, of course, the first thing we talk about is the the exception to the three rule, right? Mm-hmm. Shelter in place or bug out. That's the that so far that's the only place I have found the exception. Well, and that will always be an exception because mm-hmm. shelter in place or bug out um, that is very specific, situational. Right. Um, if concealment or cover, do I move or do I stay? Right. Um, am I going to get overrun? Do I know if I'm going to get overrun? Well, uh, it's, 
that's so situational. That's going to be a harder one to kind of diagnose. Well, it it is, but at the same time, it's not because you take you take that that times three. Okay, you have your primary, secondary, tertiary. Let's say you got a bug out. Well, you know something's coming. You've got some advance warning. You kind of have the time to really load up and think about it, right? And now you've got planned out your three locations of where you can go. But bugging out requires you take stuff with you. Right. Now wait. Okay. Because, it, we, because we go more in depth, right? <laughs> I'm getting ahead of you. Sorry. You, you, a little bit. Yeah. I need a flag. We'll get there. Okay. So now it's oh, man, we got to go, and we have an hour or 90 minutes, right? Well, that limits what you can, what you can take with you, right? So you, you've got to have that, that plan in place. And then you have the, oh, crap, the angry mob is coming over the hill, and they're a 1,000 yards away. We got to grab what we can throw on our backs and go. Each one of these limits your options as to where you can go, what you can do, what you can take. But you have to have these plans in place if you're if you're really truly going to do this. Agreed. And they're multi-level there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more than just a go bag. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, who's the fastest runner? Because they stay behind and watch the claymores. Mm-hmm. I was always told to knock down the slowest runner and keep going. That's on a bear attack. Oh, yeah. my bad. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a good theory, but that's yeah. Now I'm really glad you didn't do that when we were up on Union Pass. Although I think I could outrun you. I got longer legs. And I run faster scared than you do mad. Not if but she shoots you, you in the knee. And you were limping, so just saying. I did. I screwed up my hip when we went on that trip. Oh, geez. Well, that was a heck of a terrain, though. That was a it was across was, the wilderness. Yeah. It was ugly. Yeah. Steep and... And you were in bear country. Oh, yeah. Well, it, we we were trying to map out a route for our leadership academy. That's right. And you dumped me off, and, and her and I started hiking up over this hill because we thought, okay, this will be really cool. They're in the trees. It's hard to navigate. And I don't think we got two or 300 yards into this thing, and all of a sudden, that if you've ever been around bears, there's a smell. There is a smell. And we caught it, like heavy. And Brandy and I kind of talked about it for about 30 seconds and decided, nope. You know what was cool about that? I am always lost. When we go into the forest, I don't know my way out. That day, I did. I don't know how, <laughs> but I was the first one out, y'all. She knew where south was. Yeah, I remember my radio lighting up and said, nope, we're backing out. Come pick us up. And so I beat feet back around the mountain and picked you up. Well, and as we were walking out, we found a steamer. Still steaming. Uh-huh. Yeah, you were close. Here, bear. Yeah, I swear to God, you are going to die trying to pet something you shouldn't. Well, that would have petted me back, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they pet hard. They really pet hard. You should know that. You, you've played with lions. Even young ones, they pet hard. They do. But, you know. You got to match it. I had a lion by the tail. It's cool. You did have a lion by the tail. And I'm going to be using that video soon. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, it, it, you know, You've got to have a plan. And and the whole idea behind this was I, I run across so many people. They want to be prepared. But what happens is they start thinking in terms of scenario. Mm. And they get overwhelmed because there's – and and this goes to something we use all the time in, in our pistol classes called plausibility principle, right? Mm-hmm. And you draw this great big circle. 
and this is everything that could happen, right? We're sitting here, we're doing our podcast, and that, that door could burst open, and four jihadis with AK-47s and suicide vests could walk through that door, and we would have to deal with it. Hmm. It could happen. It is incredibly unlikely within the realm of things that is incredibly unlikely. Agreed. Okay. But then you have your most likely. The most likely is there's going to be a severe winter storm rolls in, and you're going to be stuck here for the night because the roads close. That's happened. Yeah, it has. Okay. So, but that's probable. Okay. That's once you get past that, then you start working on the plausible. With the 10x plus three, we take that a little bit different, right? The first thing I ask people when I've done this is consulting work. I always ask them, what are you preparing for? And I always get the, well, it's an EMP attack. It's Yellowstone blowing up. It's, you know, riots. It's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, and this. And they're so overwhelmed because they're trying to think of all these possibilities. Wrong answer, guys. The correct answer I want to protect and preserve me and my family's way of life. What does it take to feed, shelter, maintain medicine, hygiene, all of these things? What does it take to take care of your family for three days? Once you have that, then what's it take for three weeks? There's a lot of things on that list that are pretty commonplace. But if you stop and think about it, that list becomes very large. And can be overwhelming. So what you're going to teach, is this going to be your plan or the guidance so they can develop their own? But are you talking basic needs or wants? Because there's a difference, too. As we all sit here at the bar, we all know one thing is a universal truth. Common sense is not that common. Mm -mm. And it's dependent on your environment as to how you have to apply it. Exactly. So so what we want to do is we want to give people a roadmap. Okay, first of all... We want to get them in the right mindset. Okay, stop thinking about scenarios. Stop thinking about trigger events. Because it doesn't matter what that event is, what that scenario is. Your mission is still the same. Agreed. So figure out what it takes. Um, if, if you really want to get into this and, and, and go the, to the extreme, do the test. Shut your power off for 72 hours. Oof, that's a good one. But back to the question. Is this your plan, or are you going to teach them how to develop their own plan? This is teaching people how to develop a plan based off of experience in doing this. You know, look, we've all seen the meme, okay? It's, It's the guy that's hanging with, he's got the noose around his neck, and he's like, you know, first time, you know, but you've been prepping since the Obama administration? Correct. Bush, okay? I started before that. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I'm excited to hear that because this is a class I would take. For most things, I'm pretty prepared and I have a very level head. But having it in a structured environment might highlight some things I may have missed. Well, and, and, and that's what this is all about. It, it's giving people the structure to make their own individual plan. Because that's where people get lost and give up. Like I said, it, it, people look at this and they start thinking scenarios. And that's where everybody goes wrong. Okay, and and that's where they get overwhelmed. Okay, so April, you're launching this in April. Uh, it it should be ready by then. The, the thing about this is, uh, this is probably going to be a 21 to 25 day class that's going to be broken up into pieces. You'll have to. 
There's nobody that's going to take a class for that long. No, no. There's just no way. But that's that is the level of information that's in this. Hmm. And I was like, he has class for that long. He's going to do it on the road because I am not going to put up with <laughs> students for 21 <laughs> straight damn days. No, but but the thing is that you're going to do in class, okay? So we're going to give you the structure. We're going to do all that. But the thing about the class is the skill sets. Um, one of the things that I've been a big proponent of is that the more skills you have, the less stuff you need. That's universally true. Um, so, so we want to take these students and develop their skills. But, but it's a lot of different skill sets. You've got, uh, you know, you've got security, you've got sanitation, you've got medical, you've got basic repair. But on the top of all that, you've got critical thinking. Right. Which is a lost thing in our culture. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, but here's the other thing to think about. Okay, everything that we teach, we're doing this assuming that we don't have power. Assuming that we don't have running water. It, it, it's, it's relearning to do all of these things that we kind of take for granted. You know, you and I are doing construction projects and we've got all the power tools going, right? Imagine we didn't have those. How do we accomplish what we need to accomplish? I grew up in Wyoming, so I've done them without the power tools before. So, But again, back to environment. They haven't had that experience. Well, yeah, most people haven't grown up in Wyoming. Right. They don't. They don't get it. No, that's a good class, and I'm kind of excited to see how you break it up because, like I said, these are some of the things, the classes I would take because I'm sure there's things I take for granted that need to be re refreshed on. Mm-hmm. So well, and probably what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this up into ten classes. It would be like a two-day class, um, and and the reason I'm going to break it up like that is I'm going to break it up by category. Um, that that will give most students um, there will be one that'll be an intro class that'll be the prerequisite for everything, but then students can pick and choose what they really what maybe they they think they're deficient on. And is it broken up for those who would be in a situation within a city versus those of us who are not. Yes. Because think that changes everything. Oh, it, it absolutely does. Your environment is going to dictate what your plan is. And that's why and that's why we're going to do the, the, the very first class, which will be probably just a one day because it's going to be an overview. And it's, it's going to give you everything that you need to start your planning. So I can see you approaching this like a crack dealer. Mm -hmm. You're going to roll out a little bit of information, show them all the things that they can learn, and then a la carte it. Yep. That's, That's exactly smart. how we're going to run this. That's smart. Um, because it, it, if you don't, it, 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 it's, the class itself becomes overwhelming. When, I, when I've done this as a consulting, um, it, 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 simple consulting thing, you charge by the hour, right? And, and it was, I, I would do a family or a business. And it, it would accumulate to 80 to 100 to 120 hours. Yeah, easily. Um, it, there's just, there's so much information and there's so much nuance to it. Mm. And it's so individualized. It's very, very subjective information. Definite need out there. I'm watching people walk around and they don't have a clue. They really don't. This is a needed class. I, I wish that schools taught 
That's what I was going to say. Some of these classes, if you have children, the children should attend. I mean, within reason, obviously infants. But I I remember in middle school, again in Wyoming, bear with me, we had a class, um, sixth grade through eighth grade. Home economics. We had outdoor skills. With like six kids. I didn't get that. We had an outdoor skills class. We took an hour and a half at the end of the day, and we cooked over fire. We, We built small shelters. I mean, it was outdoor skills class yep and you, you made a go box and you stocked it with what you thought you were going to need and that's what you had for the duration of the they semester they had that because lingle was so small they didn't have boy scouts <laughs> we had scouts <laughs> now be nice that's not exactly true it we took were the whole small. town to make a troop well it did that that's true <laughs> you're, you're not the cool kid if you weren't in scouts but those all apply and I think Boy Scouts is kind of a dying thing anymore. Well, and and let's face it, um, the Boy Scouts kind of shot themselves in the foot when they went through the whole gay, transgender, woke thing that they went through. They did, but at the end of the side of it, those skills are still relevant. They absolutely are. Every last one of them. I can look back at my list of merit badges and the, the Scout Handbook and that information is very valid in what we're talking about. Well, it's, it, it's all valid. And like I said, it, we're, we're teaching this from the point of austere conditions. And I think that's something I, I've noticed when I've done this stuff before. That's the part that really smacks people in the face. Um, you know, everybody, COVID, I think, was a wake-up call to a lot of people when they, they weren't allowed to leave home and they, and they they had to kind of figure things out. The grocery stores weren't great at keeping thing, keeping up on things. Um, people were like, oh, if something happens, I need to be a little bit better prepared. But they didn't think about, because during COVID, we still had electricity. We still had Netflix. We still had the Internet, right? Well, and more to my point, and stop me when this becomes on the ridiculous side, but the COVID situation bolstered TikTok. It had a bunch of folks that could get their groceries ordered in, stay at home. Hey, shut up. I do that. Well, it, but <laughs> it negated the idea that you had to go get it yourself. Right. Right. You could, you know, place a phone call and they could bring it to you. Um, that made people less reliant on themselves. Now they were hampered because they couldn't go and do. Right. But um, they found ways to have it brought to them. Well, and, and, and that's... And I'm bringing this forward, and and the way I'm presenting this, like that that this is the basis for the motto of Wyotech. Okay, empowerment through self-reliance. Right. Yep. The the more uh, the more self-sustaining you are, the the less anybody can control you, can manipulate you, can subjugate you. Um, and and that might be through laws, that might be through debt, that might be through employment. Okay. Uh, it, all of these things subjugate you to a certain matter, okay? You, 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 you become a servant. And, and the more that you can break free, the more that you can do for yourself, the less anybody has any control over you. Agreed. Definition and, of freedom. Exactly. And that's what I'd like to see people get back to. That's what I'd like to see the country get back to. Yeah, I'm in. Let's get the class published. Sounds good. So... We've got ridiculous gun laws. 
<laughs> we finally got rid of Wayne. And we got new classes coming up this year. It's going to be a heck of a ride. 2024 has already kicked off amazingly well. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes. Um, next week, we've got a guest. And then we're going to be talking about SHOT Show after that. Yes. Um, so, we, you know, this month's going to be crazy, as it is. Uh, so look forward to that. And if you can't go to SHOT Show, I'm sorry. Just keep blaming your gun. <laughs>